lift my voice over the word I'm about to release to this people. Those who are gathered here this morning, those who are on the other side of that lens, watching, listening, being changed today. I pray that you will cause our hearts to be receptive to what it is that you want to do in us. Help us to be a people willing to see, willing to hear, and willing to navigate what we've seen and heard. Willing to, con- willing to in every way, consider how it is that you want us to access the word, move in and out of the word, whatever it is. I want to know when to move in it. I want to know how long to stay in it. And I don't want to miss the moment I'm supposed to get out of it. So whatever it is, help us today to be faithful. I don't want to be trapped in one word when you're delivering another. I want to make sure that I'm engaging glory to glory, that I'm moving from this one to the next one. I don't want to leave behind that that is fruitful, but what I do want to do is engage that that has more fruit, the abundant fruit, so that you are glorified. Our heart and our passion and our desire is to be sons of a different kind, sons of a different kind, not sons of Adam, not sons of Adam. But Father, we choose today in every sense of the word to be sons of the Almighty God, Almighty you, 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 to be changed by your glory, to be changed by your anointing in every area of our life, our mind, our will, our emotions, every part of us be transformed today. Help us to receive this word, to accept this word, not to be confused because of the word, but to see it and to know it by the spirit, not by the mind, and not by religion. Be glorified. Help us today to grow and be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready? I'm going to conclude this series today called Promises. I'm going to conclude it with what I'm going to be speaking in this particular service. I think it's a word that everybody needs to hear. Um, It might challenge some. Uh, One part of it certainly might be a little challenging to some. And I hope that it is. I hope, as I do every week, that whenever I stand behind this glass stand and I preach uh, whatever it is that he has put in my heart, I hope that you can never leave without considering what you've heard. I hope it will make you mad enough to think about it and love it enough to change because of it. That's what I want every single week. That's my heart. So I'm going to do that for you today because I'm going to say something to you today that goes against everything that you've ever been taught. One of the promises that he gave us is that we've accepted so freely yet have interpreted so corruptly. (laughs) I want to talk about it today. And in order to do that, I have to help us understand this concept. And it is, we know this in this house. I've never taught on it, but it exists here. And it's the trade. Every single week, and those of you that are visiting or watching online today for the first time, and you'll see people will come up and and in the middle of preaching, if, if they feel like there's an amen that they want to come into agreement with whatever was just said, they will come and they will strike hands with me right in the middle of preaching. It doesn't bother me. Um, It might bother you a time or two while you're trying to figure it out, but you'll get over it or you'll get another place to go. But I encourage you to join in and receive exactly what it is that the Father wants to do because there's life in it. You'll also see from time to time that people will bring and they will put change or put money or they'll put things here on the platform at the feet of whomever might be speaking. It's going to happen to Chris in the second service and uh, might be odd for him, but um, he'll get through that. And um, it's, it's challenging in the beginning, but I can tell you there's something to be said about trading with a right spirit. 
And nobody is a better trader than Yahweh. Trader, not traitor. <laughs> nobody is a better trader. No one has done more to trade more than the Father. Amen? Can we agree on that? So let's begin with this. So today the subject is the trade, but I want to start by reading 2 Corinthians uh, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 20, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It's, I don't know what happened to the Old Living one, but the New Living Translation says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding, with a woo! Yeah, that's right. Yes! And through Christ, our amen, our agreement, which means, yes, ascends to God for his glory. For all, everybody say all, all, all of God's promises, all of them, have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding, yes! Woo! Yeah, with a resounding, yes, through Christ, who is our amen, who is the confirmation of the promises being fulfilled, and it ascends to God for his glory. So I'm going to start by asking a question today. So just so we're understanding the same concept here, when I talk about this series, Promises, I read this scripture because it's important that you understand that if God said it, he meant it. He didn't say it and then repent for saying it. He said it and he meant it. Now, a promise is only good if it's received. I mean, a promise is a promise is a promise, but it exists in an empty place until someone receives it, which gives it activation. In other words, he sent Christ, that was his promise to redeem man. He sent Christ, that's the promise, but unless we receive that promise, and that it doesn't become, he doesn't activate in our lives until we receive him. Do you hear me today? So let's talk about it. I'm going to ask a question right off the bat. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a traitor? Trader, not traitor. I'm never going to say the word traitor in this whole message today. I'm asking traitor. Are you a traitor? Yes. Yes. We are traitors. So a trade, say this with me, a trade will always, 100% of the time, 100% of the time, you didn't say it, 100% of the time, a trade will always have a value attached to it. It will all, or it's not a trade. It's not a trade. A trade will always have a value attached to it. Now listen to this. This is important that you understand this. And a trade is implicit of our faith. What am I trading? I'm trading because I have faith or I'm not trading because I don't. Do I accept the promise? If the promise is not a trade until there is a receiving of that trade. But everything about the kingdom of God is trades. Everything. Rising up and lying down. Everything about the kingdom is a trade. Everything about the kingdom is a trade. Do you take this woman? I do. Do you take this man? I do. We just traded I do's and now we're one. Isn't that amazing? It's a beautiful thing. 
the way the Father does things is, is exceptional and it's unique and it's powerful and it's full of life if we can get a hold of it. So again, a trade, it is implicit of our faith. It says I do or I do not have faith. If I'm trading into something, I believe in that thing I'm trading into. If I refuse to trade into something, it's because I don't feel like I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm not trading into that. My son is notorious for saying things. Like <laughs> He's 21 years old, but I'll say things, or my wife will say things, or anybody. You might say things. He might have said it to you. But you'll say something, and he'll be like, I'm not trading into that. You know, man, I don't feel good. My head hurts. Oh, I ain't trading into that. <laughs> We can't do that, son. We, we, we don't have the money to do that today. I'm not trading on that trading floor. <laughs> He's like, mm-mm. You want, my faith is, I, we do have, what do we need? My faith is, what do we need? I'll, I'll trade into that. I'm not going to trade into your assumption of lack. I'm not going to trade into your assumption of sickness. I'm not going to trade in to your assumption that you can't get there from here. Yeah, I like it. Come on, let's say amen, amen, amen. So my question to you is, can we see the value in our trades? Do we see value in our trades? Do we trade loosely? Oh, I bet we do sometimes. You'd be surprised if we could put a value on some of the things we trade for. You give a lot of things away for absolutely nothing in return. You buy stuff that adds nothing to you all the time. I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about life. You buy into things that add nothing to you. Man, I'm going to go see this. I'm going to go participate in that. It added nothing to you. In fact, it took something from you. You paid to do it, and it still took more. You hearing me? So, the trade isn't man's idea. The trade is God's idea. From the very beginning of time, Yahweh's plan was to trade. Because it's in the moment that a trade, there's an exchange that is made. In the moment that an exchange is made that says, I believe about this, what you do, I might even believe more about it. See, when people trade and they do things like this that might seem weird to some, might seem strange to some, and because this is like new to, in this house too. It's only been going on for about a year, but we're walking in a revelation today that we didn't walk in a year ago. And when people bring a trade and they bring this up here, now I don't keep any of this. I don't keep any of it because I value that. You know what I do? I turn around and give it to somebody else. Not one time. I've never kept a single copper penny or whatever in the world it's made of now. I don't keep a single cent. But I turn around and I put that into somebody else because I'm trading it because I see the value of that. And see, when the father started this whole process of trading, he did it because what good is it? When you give something away and it costs nothing, you've heard it. You've said it. If you're a parent, you've said it to your children. I'm going to make you. No, you're going to earn it because then you'll value it. If I just give it to you, you won't put a value on it. And if you don't put a value on it, you won't own it. And if you don't own it, you won't clean it, you won't wash it, you won't take care of it, you won't speak to it, you won't lay hands on it. If you don't own it, you're not, so it's, no, I'm going to get, I'm not just going to give it to you, it's a trade from the very beginning. Let me tell you something. This is what's going to mess you up. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Name one thing that God ever gave freely. Anybody? 
Come on, my brother. Come on, I know what you're thinking. What did God give freely? What? Who said his son? How many say his son? Salvation's not free, baby. Salvation's not free, baby. Never been free, will never be free. No, the kind of salvation that you got for free and it didn't cost you anything didn't last until lunch. Are you hearing me? I just want to preach this to the whole house now. Uh-uh, salvation is not free. Am I saved just because I breathe? See, Christ, I'm talking about, let's talk about the Christ trade. Let's talk about the value of it. See, I know this. When I, when I was growing up, I was like so many of you, and, and uh, there was some level of understanding of church, and it was a level, but it was a very small level. And it, what I did know was so religious and I didn't know what religion was, but I was caught up in all of this nonsense of rules and regulations and laws. And I would hear my, this one talk about this. My, my, uh, I don't want to get into all the, the, non, the stuff that's not important to you. But I would hear this one say something, and then this one would say something. They contradicted each other. Uh, you know, you just get confused, and, and you just never really can put it all together. And you just, man, and, it's, it, and then when it's, you just, just get Jesus. It's free. Just receive Jesus. What do I need to do to receive? Just repeat after me. I don't know if I've ever met a single person that repeated after me that's still saved. Just repeat after me. Whatever. And then they say it. I receive Jesus. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. And then they walk out. And they go right back to what they came from, believing that they're saved because they didn't trade into the gift. See, we think that the gift cost God everything. We buy into the religious idea that the gift cost the Father everything, but it's free to me and you. All I got to do is say this little simple prayer and I get the gift. You got a moment. But you didn't get a relationship. And people try to live their life in the moment without being willing to trade into the relationship. You got it right. You got you to hear me this morning. You ready? You ready for this? So I'm going to read something. I got to get there. I got to do it quick. So I want to get to a point this morning, but salvation is free only in the sense, in this sense, one way only, and that is that God gave his son without making a deal. He said, I'm going to give you my son, but I'm going to give him without imposition. I'm going to give you my son, but I'm not going to impose my son upon you. In that sense, it was free. So a gift has been given, but now the reality, the activation of that gift, the possibilities within that gift only happen when I now do something, something is required of me to receive the gift that was given. And it wasn't free. 
I've got to trade into this gift. How do I trade into this gift? By first becoming humble. By first dealing with pride. Do you want to do that one more time? Was that enough? Okay. Dealing with pride. Dealing with arrogance. Dealing with whatever baggage I might be carrying. And I come, and there's a gift, and he said, Here's, here this is. It is a gift in the sense that it's free. I'm freely giving, but in order for you to receive the fullness and the potential, it will cost you something. And if you can understand that, you will suddenly put a value on something that before you thought, oh, I'll come and go. I'll move in and out of salvation because it's so free. But suddenly, if you attached it to a bank account spiritually, not a money one, but a spiritual bank account, and you realize, man, every time I move into that, it costs me a, a debit. And then you begin to look and, oh, I'm in the red. I can't afford this relationship now. You begin to put a value on it, and suddenly you realize, wait a minute, if I'm going to walk in humility, I don't get to do that for three seconds, and I'm out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This relationship is going to require me to walk in humility. It's going to require me to deal with my pride, and it's going to require me to be a man or a woman with a repentant heart, not just right now, but when 10 minutes from now, an hour from now, and a day from now, and a week from now, and a month, to have a repentant It's costing me something. I have to deal with me. This is the trade. And the father started this whole thing. He said, listen, I gave him to you. I gave a gift. But you're going to have to trade into this gift in order to receive the full potential in this gift. Because if all you do is say, I'm just going to accept that you sent your son. I'm just going to accept that you sent him and believe that I'm better for it. There's no change going on in you. As I've said so many times before, there are so many people that walk up to the kingdom of God. They walk right to the door of the kingdom of God. See, Christ is that door. He gives us a way in. But man, you don't get past the door until you pay the man at the gate. You got to hear me right now. And I'm not talking about money. Get that out of your head. Don't, don't get confused. I'm talking about giving self-sacrifice, saying, you know what? I come into this thing and I need you. All of what I know is nothing. I need to learn all over again. All that religious stuff I brought to the door, every step, I, here's the door, every step I take, I have to be willing to get rid of that nonsense and let him fill me with something else. Humility, pride, Pouring that out, I'm purchasing my communion with the Father by releasing all of that. Come on. You hear me now? Are we tracking? But it cost me nothing. A trade had to be made, self-sacrifice, all of this had to happen. But in exchange for my repentance, this is the trade. In exchange for my repentance, and repentance isn't just words. Repentance is a heart change. If you're in a in the Western world, if you're in the Solomon Islands, it's a liver change. (laughs) 
But repentance is a heart change. And he says, in exchange for your heart change, now you can receive my gift. But an exchange was made. And see, let me tell you what the father did when he sent his son. And he said, I want to trade him into you. Show me how much you value him. And you know, what, that, you know what kind of trade that is? Yahweh traded his son into his own expectation. Oh, you got to get that with me for a second. The father traded into his expectation of you and me. He said, I'm looking at this guy right here. I got my eyes on this guy right here. What I see in that guy, what I see in that guy, I'm going to trade into my expectation for that guy. Now, I hope, I hope he will trade back in to what I've traded into him, but that's not on the father. That's on Chris. That's on Archie. That's on Cole. That's on Jacob. That's on AJ. That's on, that's on Kim Parker. That's on whomever. I'm trading into you. I'm trading into my expectation. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Come on. Yeah, man. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. See, Chris, what you're going to find out, it takes you twice as long to preach because people strike hands with you. <laughs> So whatever notes you have, slice them in two. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But his expectation was that sons would be born again into his glorious nature. People that receive Christ but don't trade into Christ, there's no glorious nature ever happens. They talk the talk. But there's no communion. They have not been transformed by the flesh and the blood. You hear me today. So I want to do something. I want to take you on a little journey real quick, and I want to bring this into the natural and and, uh, pull this together this morning. Turn with me to 2 Samuel, please, chapter 24. Second Samuel, chapter 24. This will be out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Man, I'm going to share something with you right now here in just a second that will absolutely revolutionize your ability to access the places he has shown you but you have not come into. I'm going to show you. You ready? It's frustrating sometimes when he shows you things and you can see it. And you keep believing. Any day now. You're going to come into it, and you don't. I'm going to help you understand something today. You ready? 2 Samuel chapter 24. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Let me read verse 1 through 4 first. It says, again, the anger of the Lord was, a, was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go and number Israel and Judah. Let's, let's, let me read this verse again with emphasis. Again. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, the Lord incited David against Israel, saying, go, everybody say, the Lord said, said, go, go. number Israel and Judah. Did the Lord say it? So the king said to Joab, 
the commander of the army who was with him, go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and number the people so that I may know the number of the people. Let me say it again. So David, or the king, said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, and I want you to number the people, count them, because I, everybody say I, because I want to know the number of the people. But Joab said to David, may the Lord your God Add to the people a hundred times as many as they are while the eyes of my Lord the King still see it. But why? But why does my Lord the King delight in this thing numbering the people? But Joab said, may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many, a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of my Lord the king still see it. But why does my Lord the king delight in this thing? But the king's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army and Joab went and they counted everybody and blah, 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 blah. Jump down to verse 10. I'm going to come back to verses 1 through 4 in just a moment. But David's heart struck him after he had numbered the people. Say that with me. David's heart, David's heart. struck him. After he had numbered the people. Did not God tell him to do it? No, he did not. But David's heart struck him after he had numbered the people. I'm not going to leave it there. I'm going I'm to explain. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done by counting these folks. But now, O oh Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus says the Lord. Let me go ahead and read this and then come back to this. Are you ready for what I'm about to teach you? I'm going to tell you, be careful about what you think God said. Sometimes God said it only because you want it so bad. Thus says the Lord, three things I offer you. What kind of God's going to punish you for doing what he told you to do? Not my God. Thus says the Lord, three things I offer you. Choose one that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall three years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee three months before your enemies? Or will there be three days of pestilence in your land? I paraphrased it a little bit. I shortened it up a little bit. Or will there be three days of pestilence? Now consider, consider, my favorite word in the English, most powerful word in the English dictionary. Now consider, 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 and decide what answer I will return to him who sent me. Tell me, David, which one of those three do you want? The Lord sent me to ask you, which of these do you want because of your sin? I'll trade. I'm going to trade into your trade.
Then David said to Gad, I'm in great distress. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Suddenly, God is displeased with me. My stomach is really upset. It's a bad day. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed time, and there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba 70,000 men. I won't get into that right now, but I'll just leave it there. And when the angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel who was working destruction among the people, It is enough! Now stay your hand! It's enough! It is enough! Enough have died! It is enough. Mm. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite, and David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was killing the people, and he said, Behold, I have sinned. Behold, I have sinned, and I have done so wickedly. Again, recognizing. Oh, man. How many have ever been there? What have I done? How many have ever been in a what have I done moment? What have I done? What was I thinking? Why did I go there? Why did I allow that? Why did I do that? How many have ever been there in that position? You're always looking for a way out, right? How can I correct this? Behold, I have sinned and I've done wickedly, but these sheep, these folks, these people that are being affected by this, man, they really matter to me. What have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, David. I want you to raise an altar. Now listen. Listen. Trade had to happen. David said, I've sinned. I want to make this right. I want to get this right. I want to get this right. Have you ever had a I want to get this right moment? Sure you have. Some of y'all had it 10 minutes before you got here. I want to get this right. So there's a trading opportunity that came. He said, go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, how do you say it, the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word as the Lord commanded. The Lord commanded. The Lord said, I'm going to trade this into you. I'm going to trade opportunity. I'm going to trade an opportunity for repentance. I'm going to trade this into you. Now what are you going to do with what I've traded into you? In the same way, you should be asking me, what am I going to do with what you traded into me today? You're trading into a word that I'm releasing. And that word's going to have an impact on you because you valued the word. So David went up as the Lord commanded. As, and when Aruna looked down, he saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. Aruna went out, paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. And Aruna said, why has my Lord the king come to me? And David said, because I want to buy your threshing floor. So that I may build an altar to my God that the plague may be averted from this people these innocent people. And Aruna said to David, oh man, oh man, that is, an that is an amazing thing. That's so honorable. That's incredible. That is phenomenal. So let my Lord the King take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the ox. I'm going to give them to you. And the burnt offering and the threshing sledges and the yokes of oxen for the wood. All this, O oh King, Aruna, I, uh, uh, King, I give to you. I'm going to give it to you. What an honorable thing that you want to do. I, it shouldn't cost you anything. I'm just going to give you the threshing floor. I'm going to give you the wood. I'm going to give you the sacrifices. I just want to give it all to you. It will cost you nothing. Then David says this. David recognized the value of the trade. He recognized the value of a righteous trade. 
And he says, but the king said, no, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, come on, Austin. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I will not offer to my God something that costs me nothing. Thanks for giving it. Now, religious folks would be saying, Oh, you want to give it to me? Yeah. Pull it in my driveway. You leave the keys on the porch. But a kingdom man that understands the value of a trade, recognizing that nothing, nothing, nothing is free. Nothing is free. Salvation is not free. It is a gift, but gifts are not free. Gifts do not activate until there is a receiving and a trading into it. Something has to be given. I have to give my time. I have to give my energy. I have to give my thoughts. I have to give my intercession. I have to give my sacrifice. I have to give in order to bring life into whatever was given. And he says, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me absolutely nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to Yahweh and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord... What? And the Lord responded. Yahweh responded to the plea for the land and the plague was averted, was ended, discontinued. It was over. David recognized the value of a trade. Now let me go back to verses one through four. You ready for this? So I want you to understand this before we get to verses one through four. I want you to see how David got into this situation. I want you to see how he got there. The same way you have gotten into some of yours. Same way I've gotten into some of mine. Because there's none of us perfect. We're moving towards perfection. But it's a long walk. Amen? It's a long walk. This journey that we're on, there's a work that's going on in us. But in order for that work to fulfill its fullness, to reach its fullest potential, I have to be willing, Tim Carney, to trade to trade into the moment, to trade into the opportunity, to trade into the, what was given to me in this day. And each of us get to a certain place. I've got to wrap this up. But each of us get to a certain place because often we do exactly what David did in verses 1 through 4. Let me read these again. So now King David was old and advanced in the years. And although they covered him with... Whoops, I'm in the wrong. I'm in 1 Kings. That's not even close. Again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. That part's probably true. And he incited David against them, saying, David, go number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army, David said, go throughout all the tribes from Dan to Beersheba, and I want you to number the folks so that I may know how many people I have. 
But Joab said, May the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of my Lord, the king, delight in this thing. But the Lord's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army. Let me touch something here. I emphatically do not believe that God said to David, go and number the people. But that's what David heard because that's what was in David's heart. Now I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make a statement that's strong and it's right. When prophetic vision is lost, you stop hearing the truth. When prophetic vision is lost, when you no longer have the ability to see prophetically, neither do you have the ability to hear correctly. I want you to think about it for a second. When you no longer have the ability, Patrick, to see prophetically, Neither do you have the ability to hear correctly. See, if you go down to verse 3, and Joab says to the king, King, may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are while the eyes of my Lord the king still see it. David, When you look upon the people, what do you see? He's imploring him. What do you see when you look over the land? What do you see? When you look at the possibilities, David, what do you see? Vast numbers. Seems innumerable. I don't even know if it's possible to number it. Oh, oh, but I want to relish the number. It's so much better for me to be able to say I have 800,000 or 700,000 or 8,000 mighty men of valor or whatever. It's so much better for me to be able to say that than it is to say I don't know how many I've got, but I've got a lot, baby. Isn't that better? He says, no. See, the reason David said, why would the father be mad at David? His anger kindled against David if David had heard what the father said. David heard what David wanted to hear. And then the father, and twice that we know of, twice David came back and said, I have sinned deeply. I have committed a great sin by counting these people. A few days ago, it was the word of the Lord. But the reality of it was, it was what was in David's heart. But the father was saying to him, let me tell you, David, why you feel the need to repent and trade into the opportunity for forgiveness. 
Let me tell you why you feel the need. Because you counted what you wanted to know. I wanted you to see prophetically. The prophetic doesn't exist within the numbers. There's one symbol that attaches to the prophetic, and that's the symbol of infinity. You can't put, you cannot put the prophetic between one and some other number with a lot of zeros. Doesn't matter how many zeros you add to it, the prophetic will never fit into that. Do you hear me this morning? And the father said, David, I'm angry, I'm upset, and one of three things I'm going to do because you have sinned so gravely. But you told me. You notice David didn't say that. But you told me because David knew he didn't. But David knew that it would hold weight with the commander of the army if he said, the Lord said. In the same way that David knew, I'm the king. If I want Bathsheba, I can have her. And somehow I can justify it until the deed is done. And then suddenly I'm reminded I traded into the wrong purpose, traded into the wrong moment. Are you hearing me this morning? So, see, the moment David's prophetic vision was lost, he stopped hearing what the Father said, and he only heard what he wanted the Father to be saying. And with that, I encourage you and me today to be willing to be traitors, traders with a D, to trade. When you have opportunity to trade, it might not be this way, but some way, you need to trade, and don't trade into what you want. Trade into what he's giving. See, there's a lot of people, AJ, trading into a Christ gift and they never receive the benefits of the Christ gift because they're trading into the Christ gift that they want the Christ gift to be. They want the Christ gift to be their fixer. And the Father says, I want the Christ gift to be the doorway to me. Everything about Christ was never to bring us, you and me, to Christ. It was always to bring you and me to the Father. You got to get it this morning. You got to get it this morning. And let me tell you what happens today. When we begin to recognize and we prophetically begin to see again, and you fix your vision, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to get some vision healed today, Archie. We're going to get some vision healed today, Sam. We're going to be some sight restored today. Not the kind that sees Steve Parker standing on a blue platform but the kind that sees what isn't here. The kind that sees what's down the road. The kind that sees what's out there doesn't yet exist, but you know it's there because he's letting you see it because you're trading into the right places. I don't know what he's showing you. I don't know what he's shown you. I don't know what hopes he's given you, but I want to tell you, you start trading in the right places. Don't make it up because you want it. But when he shows it to you, lay hold of that and trade into this. In fact, you might not think you want it. You might not even think you want it. 
You might think, hmm, why do I see that? That doesn't look like anything I want to get into. But if I trade into that, that self-sacrifice, humility, my pride, I'm going to trade my pride for that. I don't get it. I'm not even sure I want it. But since you're giving it, I'm pretty sure it's going to have a good end. If I'll do this thing right, so I'm going to trade my pride. I'm going to trade my lack of understanding. I'm going to trade what I don't get. I'm going to trade it today, and I'm going to trade it into that, and I'm going to lay hold prophetically of what I see out there so that I can hear correctly how to get there. I want to know how to get there right. And I don't want to have to take the long way to get to a thing that's a short ways off. Are you hearing me in this place this morning? What am I saying to you today? I don't know. You answer yourself. I don't know what I'm saying to you. I know what I'm saying to me. But your situation is different than mine. If you can lay hold of what I'm telling you this morning, if you can lay hold of what Holy Spirit is releasing in this house this morning, I want to tell you there's some things, there's dreams, there's things that you stop seeing. There's things that you put numbers on like David did that never came from God. He never said, oh, you can have three, or oh, you can have this, or oh, you can have that. What the Father's really saying is, if you'll stop counting, you'll be amazed at what it's really going to look like. Can we just stop counting some of these things and just say, hey, the sky is the limit. Literally, whatever he wants, that's what I'm walking into. Amen? Can you receive this this morning? When you stop seeing, when prophetic vision ceases, the ability to hear correctly does too. But as long as I have prophetic vision and I have my eyes not on numbers, not on the natural, but I have my eyes on the Spirit of the Lord. See, I can't see the Spirit. I can't see prophetically what He wants to show me without also seeing the natural. See, I see what the Father wants to do with this house, but I can't see what the Father wants to do with this house without seeing you because you're part of it. Because you're part of it. See, what David didn't get was that. David, he believed that that thing was, a, it was big, man. He was great. It was awesome. And he couldn't, he, and he, when he could see it prophetically, he couldn't see that without seeing the people. But at some point, he got to the place where all he saw was the people. That's all he saw. And he didn't see the reach. My spiritual father, Apostle F. Nolan Ball, who passed away two years ago, when he passed away, one of the greatest things I wish would have changed in his heart before he passed was he always measured himself by the number of people that were gathered in his building. But he could never see himself as every son that was sent out of that house. And he was a great man. Nobody better. Nobody better. Touched every corner of the earth. But he only saw him based on what he saw within the walls of that building. And every day he should have counted you among his own. Even though most of you never met him, you were counted among his. And you are still counted among his. Every person you touch will be counted among his. Are you hearing me today? Where there is prophetic vision, there is the ability to hear correctly. And if I can hear correctly, I can trade into that that I'm hearing. I can trade into that. I can bring my trade. I can bring my, my confidence. I can bring my passion. I can, and I can yes. bring into that. But anything of value, anything, there is no such thing as a trade without value. Every trade is measured by the value of the trade that's made. How much do I value this thing? How much, Cletus, do I value this thing? How much do I value the ability to understand and accept 
while you pinch me, it hurts. You cut me, I bleed. You spit on me, I'll kick you in the face. That's Adam. But there's a part of me that is way bigger than that. Way past that. And I, the prophetic vision, what I see, what I see, for me to trade into that, it's going to cost me something and it's going to cost you something. If it's worth anything, it's going to cost you something. You line up 50 people and 40 of them are kingdom people. They traded into the gift of Christ righteously. Righteously. They recognized the value of the trade. Father, I lift my voice over every man and woman in this building today, those watching on the other side of that lens. I lift my voice with my eyes wide open today. Every hand, I want you to raise your hands in here and receive. If you want to receive. If you don't want to receive, you didn't like the word, too bad for you. But I lift my voice over every man and woman in this place today. And I declare that by your word and by your spirit, by your anointing, that we are a people willing to see and willing to hear. And we see not what comes to us naturally, but we see what you reveal to us by the spirit. We lay hold of that. It's not important to us to put numbers, to put borders, to put parameters on it. What's important is that we trade into the vision that you release to us prophetically. And we hear correctly because we trade correctly. We hear correctly. Because we hear correctly, we engage the moment. We engage it. We activate that that you have given to us so freely and willingly. I pray for this people. Let us see. Let us hear. You've let us. May we see. May we respond correctly in here so that you are glorified in every way, rising up and lying down. This is an amazing people. Let's change the earth. Let's change the earth. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen.